Hi, I'm Jill Sylvester, licensed mental health counselor and author of the self-help book, Trust Your Intuition, 100 Ways to Transform Anxiety and Depression for Stronger Mental Health, and the young adult self-help fiction novels, The Land of Blue and Awakening, book one in the Devon series, book two out in the next few months. Each of my books deals with the themes of how to achieve excellent mental health and how to deepen your intuition, because for me, it all comes down to listening to and trusting your own inner voice in order to live your very best life. Hi everyone, welcome to this week's podcast where we're going to be talking about a year in how our kids are faring based on a recent article that I read. Before we get started on that topic this week, this week's gratitude will focus on friends that I've had forever, connection with those people who know us best when we take the time. It always feels good, doesn't it, to be with people who are just easy, you know? People who love us for who we are with all our quirks and all our stuff. And no matter how much time goes by, it feels like you just pick up where you left off. So highly encourage you to reach out to those, you know, friends from middle school or elementary school or high school or, you know, whoever that you haven't talked to in a while or uh, just, you know, need some connection with, you know, shooting people a quick text and letting you know that, letting them know that you're thinking about something that made you laugh from a long time ago or getting together. It always just, it's so good for the soul. So um, that's the gratitude for this week. So I read this article um, in the Wall Street Journal called Loneliness, Anxiety, and Loss, the COVID Pandemic's Terrible Toll on Kids. A year of school shutdowns and family trauma leads to social isolation, stress, and mental health issues by Andrea Peterson. Uh, this is dated April 9th. And so I wanted to read um, some of the article because I want to get a little bit more in depth as to how we can help our kids today, uh, what we can do in the present moment, always focusing on strategies and solutions that we can do right now, not ruminating on the past, but kind of assessing where we are now. So part of the article um, read, Emerging Research is Identifying Strategies that May Help Children Be More Resilient in the Face of the Pandemic. The study in progress at Harvard of children and teens has found that those who had structured routines got more exercise and had less screen time had fewer behavior problems and fewer symptoms of anxiety and depression. Routine and structure is really important for helping kids regulate their emotions and respond to all the other chaos that's around, says Katie McLaughlin, associate professor of psychology at Harvard, who is leading this study. Children 12 and under who had at least some in-person time with peers, um, this, this was a, a big positive, and the same wasn't true for teens, however. So... Um, you know, me meaning they were faring better with some in-person time and teens not as much. And that, of course, is based on development. And again, we'll get into that in a second. But psychologists recommend that parents help their children. So again, at this point, assessing where we are year in, find activities that give them a sense of purpose and help them set related goals, whether that be writing graphic novels or learning to bake bread, um, but helping them to to focus on having a sense of purpose. Helping others can also boost kids' mood, as can adequate sleep, always making sure kids are getting sleep. One of the kids in the article mentioned the routine of feeding, brushing, and walking their two pigs, and that that helped them. I was just thinking, I've got to keep doing what I love, said one of the children in the study. Another middle schooler talked about creating an arts and crafts camp for some younger kids in their neighborhood. Other escapes the kids in the study referenced 
were listening to favorite songs, taking care of pets, and one girl mentioned thinking about all the other kids in the world that are going through the same thing and feeling less alone. So I wanted to highlight some of those um, pieces, parts from the article, because one, I'm interested in just how kids are doing in general. It's, it's one of my passions. And, you know, the subset of kids that I work with in my own private practice, I'm noticing with the movement definitely toward the positive and connection and, and all that, is focusing on that sense of purpose and how we can, kids or adults, when we focus on our purpose, we're going to feel better. A lot of kids I notice are questioning their relationships, who their real friends are, you know, their studies, do they really need it, do they want to be studying, you know, the whole motivation piece, whether this is kids in college or juniors and seniors in, in high school, questioning, you know, people in their lives and ultimately their sense of belonging. Now, from a developmental stage of identity for teens, this is right where they're supposed to be, but we have, you know, the burden of all this other stuff going on in the world that's really skewing this whole process and compounding the normative development that kids experience when they go through the stage of identities. So I wanted to talk about some steps today for parents to help their kids and for older kids that are listening to help yourselves because when we think about all that kids have been dealing with over this past year, it's overwhelming. It's overwhelming. Um, again, just on top of the normal stuff of being a teenager, a middle schooler, and the normal yuck that we have to deal with, um, you know, as kids, socially, emotionally, just physically, right? All the changes that our body makes and all that um, that our bodies make. But, you know, to really focus on what we can do now is the point of this podcast and how we can help our kids by checking in on where they are now and taking the pulse so that we can help them emerge from this whole situation stronger. So let's break it down into three strategies that we usually do so that we can go a little bit more in depth as to assessing and then guiding our kids to higher ground. So the first um, step or area of focus that I'm going to highlight today is Asking your kids every single day whether they're happy or not. This isn't just for kids who are struggling. We're talking about just your children. If you're a teacher, kids in your classroom. If you're a parent, your children. If you're an aunt, check in with your nieces or nephews, grandparents. Asking kids, somebody, at least one person in a child's life should be checking in with them on a daily basis and I want to repeat myself because it bears repeating, not just for kids who are struggling. You know, oftentimes we wait for things to be wrong, and that's when we do something, and often that's damage control, you know, at that point. So we're talking about being proactive, taking the time to ask children if they're feeling good, you know, how they're feeling today. When my kids were little, we used to set our goals every single day on the way to school, and I would consistently ask my daughter, you know, what the goal was for today, the day, and she would consistently say to be happy. And so the question became, okay, so if your goal is to be happy, what do you have to do to be happy? And, you know, we would talk about how she needs to reach out. She would need to, you know, ask people how they are. She would need to say hello. She would need to smile at people. You know, this is all when she was really little. And, 
continuing that conversation over time in order to teach kids that if they want something outside of themselves to happen, they need to be the one to do it. So when you ask a child if they're happy, it can lead to some rich discussion as to, first and foremost, validating them and, and you know, on what might not be going wrong in, in their worlds at the moment, um, and certainly allowing them to vent and release, but then being able to, again, with the vein of taking them to higher ground, asking them what they can do to get to that place that feels a little bit better. So by asking them, on a daily basis, you know, every single day, how are you doing today? You know, what was, what was the day, you know, not, not just taking or accepting fine as an answer. So gently asking them, checking in, they may love it at first, they may, they may just detest it, and you may have to drive them crazy, and that is okay, because kids often push us away, but inside at that age, they are begging us to be closer. You want to take their emotional temperature, you would rather do this beforehand so that you don't feel blindsided later. This is really, really important. Again, we often wait for things to happen, and then we do cleanup control and all of that. You want to take kids' temperatures. This is your job to do that. If you have kids in your life, your job is to guide them well. It is to ask them how they are doing, even when you think they're quote-unquote fine. Um, but those are the times it's even more important to check in is when you don't hear anything. And when you think all is well, when you think that everything just seems to be status quo, that is a great time to stop and just say, hey, how's everything going? You know, what was the best part of your day? What was the worst part of your day? What's happening that I don't know about? I would rather have a kid who um, explicitly gets out their emotions by yelling and showing, you know, in intensity because at least you know where they're at. When you don't hear from kids, that's when kids can fall under the radar and you may think that everything is status quo and okay and if you're not hearing anything, then, you know, all is well kind of mentality. But that's the time when you ought to be checking in with kids and taking their temp and making sure that you are paying attention to what is going on in their world. I've mentioned earlier um, in a previous podcast, I don't remember which one, and I probably said it multiple times, but again, this bears repeating as well. Um, for kids who are less forthcoming, ask them 1 to 10, 10 being the best part of your day. You know, well, you're 1 to 10. And when they consistently give you a 6 and then they give you a 4, you know that's your time to stop what you're doing and ask why. If they give you consistently an 8 and then they tell you a 9, you also want to ask why. You know, what happened in your life? Because we want to hit repeat on that and make sure we're doing those things again. For kids who are more verbal, you know, check in and take take a few minutes. You know, take, take five minutes and just listen to them. Um, ask some questions, you know, why did you feel sad? Why did you feel upset? Was there anything you could have done about that? You know, um, just, just looking at things from all different angles, but being able to take the time, take your kid's emotional temp is something that we need to do, especially a year out of this whole thing. Taking the time to qualitatively check in is very important at this point because it allows us to kind of measure where kids are compared to where they were a year ago, just paying attention and taking their emotional pulse, if you will, to get a good read on where they're at and whether you might need to do anything or not. Calling all parents and teachers. 
Planting the Seeds is a line of self-help tools based on therapeutic models of self-esteem building for children both at home and in the classroom. Created by a licensed mental health counselor, Planting the Seeds physical and digital cards and conversation starter tools are designed to encourage meaningful conversations between kids and their caregivers. They're perfect for morning and afternoon meetings for teachers in the classroom or for starting the day at home during breakfast to get your kids' thoughts moving in the right direction. For more information, please visit jillsylvester.com. Plant the seeds today for a strong and healthy tomorrow. Okay, so the second step in checking in with kids a year into this whole thing is checking to see if they are using their gifts. What are their gifts? Talk about their strengths. Remind them what their strengths are. In the reminding them what their strengths are, they are you are reminding them of how to help themselves. So if kids are having a moment, they're frustrated, they're down in the dumps, they're feeling isolated, they're feeling, you know, all the stress of studies and lack of connection um, or the excitement of reconnecting and, you know, unable to focus on things and whatever is going on that they are being challenged with at the moment, remind them of what their strengths are. Ask them to list five to ten strengths. If you're having a really good conversation and you've got a kid who really wants to do this kind of work, have them make a list of 25. It's something that I do consistently with kids and with adults of listing strengths because the more that we know what is positive about us, what makes us uniquely us, and what we bring to the table, the more we can refer to that list if we make this list of all the things that we you know, feel at least good about ourselves. We can refer to that list and it helps us to overcome the times that are really difficult. So, you know, kids get down in the dumps at this age and, uh, you know, whatever challenges that they're facing, be able to sit down and say, you know, what is great about you? Like, give me five to ten things. Let's make push them for 25 if you can and say, this is your list. Keep it in front of you. Make a list. Keep it, keep it front and center. Keep it in your room or keep it in your book bag so that you can pull it out anytime you start to feel stuck or you're not sure what you bring to the table or the whole theme of love, love and belonging is getting them down because they just don't know where they fit in. Refer to the list so that their brain gets the message of finding the good versus finding what's wrong. And it helps them to you know realign with who they are and their highest self and what they bring to friendships, what they bring to subjects, what subjects, you know, really light them up, and where they want to put their energy in that direction, and not to worry about other classes that are getting them down, or certain type of kids in certain type of situations that they might not resonate with, and that's okay, because they're amazing in this sports group, or they, you know, play tennis and get along with their tennis team, or in theater, or in band, or whatever it is that, that again, lights them up. You want to remind them of that when they're having a moment. So it's really important, especially in my opinion, just being a year out of this whole thing, to remind kids of where they're strong. Because yes, our kids are going to be more resilient. Yes, it's true, definitely. But it can only help to be specifically aware of all the things that make us who we are. So your, your child might have a really, really great laugh. 
I'm thinking of, of my neighbor's daughter, and she's just, you know, she's really funny. She's got a dry sense of humor. just has a great laugh. That would be two things that I would put on her list right away, you know, if she was having a moment so that she can remember that the humor she brings to certain situations is just such uh, an element of what makes her her. And, you know, those are the things that we're talking about. Or maybe someone, somebody who thinks of others, they're just a really thoughtful friend, and that's what they bring to the table. Remind kids of this. Like, put those gifts right out there so that in the resiliency of the challenges of being resilient and all I've had to deal with over the past year, they have these specific things where they know this is who they are and how to bring those strengths front and center so that in moments of challenge, in moments that are really difficult to navigate being a teen in general, they're able to hyper-focus and be aware of who they are at their highest and best so that they feel like they have the equipment to be able to navigate. And we want to remind them of this so they can remind themselves of this eventually. That is the goal. It's not always to be the one who rescues them out of a situation, but it's about guiding them so they can eventually guide themselves because they're not always going to be in your classroom. They're not always going to be in your house. You know, they're going to be out and about in life. So this is the time. Reminding them of who they are, helping them to focus on taking their own emotional temperature down the road and reminding them of the unique gifts that they bring to the table and their own sense of purpose, you know, their own sense of routine or if this is who I am and this is what I need to make happen. So if someone, for example, if a child says, you know, I, I, my strength is I love my alone time. I'm my own best friend and I prefer to be by myself. Then that child needs to be reminded as they grow that they need that time to themselves to be okay. Because in a world where we, you know, we're social and we've got, you know, jobs and we've got school and we've got families and we've got all these things, it's very important for an introverted person to be able to take that time every single day. And maybe that's an hour, maybe it's 20 minutes, maybe it's five minutes when that's all we get. If we're, you know, in a really busy internship in school and college and we're playing sports and we're doing all these things, reminding them, hey, this is what, you know, you know to be true about yourself. So you have to make sure that you are honoring that part of you. When you can flex that muscle with kids, you're helping them to get closer to themselves so that they always know what's going to make them happy. And the third step is ultimately this puts kids in a position of power and control. And it's all about power and control for all of us. That's what we, you know, what we're always seeking to feel powerful and feel in control. So kids are learning resilience, yes, you know, but what else has this year taught them? What about kids who are great at motivating themselves online? You know, showing them that, hey, these all these things you were able to do by yourself, you're a great self-starter. You could work for yourself. You're somebody who doesn't need somebody to motivate you. And for kids who are not, talking about how they need connection, they need people, they need in-person learning, how to take these findings, take these jewels in the wreckage, if you will, so that they can grow and build this into their sense of purpose. And, you know, understanding that in the hardships of life, this is, it's not meant to torture us. This is how we grow. This is how we create what we want from what we don't. And that there's power in that too. So helping kids year out, taking their temp, checking in, 
reminding them of their gifts, building a list of their gifts and strengths, and ultimately putting them in a position of power so that they can feel like, you know, at the end of the day, they did good. And it doesn't have to be perfect, and we don't have to feel all smiles and, and, and you know, feeling 100%, but knowing that we did our best and that there's good in each day and that there's challenges in each day and that ultimately we're doing the best that we can, this is how we help kids transform what the past year has uh, brought them in terms of difficulties and being able to navigate that and to rise above it and um, to feel good about that, to, to feel proud of themselves that they were able to do that. So having these discussions helps kids developmentally in big ways. Themes that came up this week. Um, themes of color, colors for healing. So there's a few um, posts that I did on Instagram about color themes and talking about the chakras. And, you know, if you're interested in strengthening those areas and uh, learning about those areas, then it's certainly something I would recommend learning about the energy centers, the seven energy centers in your body, which are essentially the colors of the rainbow, starting at the root chakra, which is red, all the way up to the crown, which is that purple white light. And so each of the areas, and I, I'm not going to obviously go into depth in this section about it today, but each of the areas corresponds to a color. And when we're in good health, uh, you know, the idea is that those colors are bright and rich. And when we're not feeling in good health, they would be, you know, dull. So at the basic level of chakras, it's just fun to know the colors and to be able to kind of play with it and create it a little bit that if you want to strengthen a certain area of your body. So let's say today, like in Instagram, I did um, today, um, which is when I'm recording this, it's Monday the 19th. So I did a post on yellow and there are some um, uh, flowers in my yard. So the color yellow is associated with your worth center, your solar plexus, your third chakra. And so I think we all, you know, could use some enhancement, most of us, in the worth area, feeling like we're worthy of good things and that we're worthy of success and worthy of good relationships and, you know, feeling joy and, and feeling, you know, just a good sense of who we are. And so the idea is to, um, in terms of themes of healing and color, is to surround yourself with yellow. So if you wanted to enhance that area of your life, it's just a fun thing to do is to surround yourself with like bright yellow colors so that when you're looking at it, you're thinking, you know, I want to be healthy in that area and what would it take for me to feel at my highest and best about that. So I love color for healing. I love to surround myself with color and enhance those chakras in a subconscious or a conscious way. And um, it's just fun. So if you're into color, then I recommend that you look into the chakras and learn more about that. Um, there's some great books out there on that, but those are themes that came up um, in session this week due to the couple of posts that I've made on that. Second theme that came up a lot was exercise in terms of helping with depression, because believe it or not, a lot of people get depressed this time of year. Um, so reminders, 22 minutes of cardio is like a natural antidepressant. Do it daily if you can, especially if you're feeling down. You will feel better. If you're somebody who exercises, I'm, I'm thinking you are, if you listen to this, to this podcast, then you know how you feel after, you know, going for a run, going for a walk, going on the stepper or the stairmaster. You just feel better. It negates the gremlins when you exercise. It's a win-win, and it's good physically, emotionally, mentally, and spiritually. You can go back and listen to my podcast that talks about those levels more in depth. But in this moment, know that exercise, if you're somebody who's feeling down at the moment in this early springtime, 
helps move you in the direction you want to go by aligning you with the steps that you need to take to get there. And then one of the other themes that I wanted to highlight today that came up this past week is kids struggling with anxiety. So reminder, have them do their list of 25 strengths. Get those strengths going on. Flex that muscle. Remind them of who they are, especially if they're going off to college next year or they're in college or they're in middle school. You know, anytime we all need reminders of who we are at our highest and best. We each bring something unique to the table. We have gifts to share. We have personality traits to revere. Highlight this for your children because in the highlighting for them, you are teaching them how to highlight for themselves. Validate for them if they're struggling that, yes, it's hard right now if it is. See it from their point of view as best you can. Remember what it was like for yourself. Share your own stories. Get in there with them in that space for a moment. And then be able to objectively step back and guide the way that parents need to do. You need to steer the ship when your kids can't. That is your job, to let them know they are safe, that they are guided, they are protected, and that they are cared for. And mostly, that they are not alone. Thanks for listening. If you like today's podcast, please hit subscribe and share with your people. And please check out my books and products at www.jillsylvester.com where you can sign up for my weekly blog to receive tips and strategies to deepen your intuition and live your very best life. Thanks for listening.